What up, world? It's past first point guard and Trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and now also on YouTube. We've been on YouTube like six, six weeks, roughly, five or six weeks. Um, we've we've we're cruising past a thousand followers or well, well ahead of it, but we, we're always looking to grow our audience there. I'm always looking to, to grow that community there. So if you're watching on YouTube now, hi, welcome, smash that subscribe button. If you're listening on your podcast app, I'd love for you to go to YouTube right now and uh, subscribe to the show and help me help me sort of grow our community in the video space. Also, this is your opportunity to see, to see inside my home and see what I look like if you've been listening a long time. So put a uh, put a face to the voice. Uh, today's show: Blazers lose one nineteen one oh nine in Phoenix. They're now zero and six on the road. Yikes! Um, I want to talk a little bit about that. What we saw from what we saw in that uh, that performance in Phoenix. Uh, I want to talk about Damian Lord's complaints about the refs. Whether I think he has he he spent some time after uh, not tonight's game, but uh, but the previous evening evening's game in Los Angeles, complaining about the referees. And I I kind of want to dig into his complaints and whether there's some merit to them and then i want to talk about the blazers size on the wings i feel like they're just too small on the wings and there's some solutions waiting for them on the roster so we will get into all that but before we do that like we do at this time it's time for the fastest recap in the west blazers like i said lost 119 109 they were down 27-26 after one, and they did not make a three-pointer in that first quarter. 0 for 7 from three. This was going to be a trend in this game. Second quarter was all Phoenix. They opened up a 60-47, 13-point halftime lead behind Frank Kaminsky's 18 in the first half. Damian Lillard had 12 to keep the Blazers in it, and Portland. 0 of 13 in the first half from deep. Uh, quite frankly, you know, to a team that's that it's going to be, a, you know, a, a team that bombs away from distance to have only to miss all those threes and kind of still be within screaming distance, shouting distance. Good news. But just couldn't make up too much ground in the third quarter. Uh, cut it to 87-77. Took three points off the lead. Dame had 11 points in the third quarter to keep the Blazers kind of, again, just still in it. Not quite out of it. But they continue to struggle. They Norman Powell hit a three-pointer uh, about 30 seconds into the second half. Where the Blazers started one of 18 from deep. It was bad news. Just bad news from deep overall. But, but again... Not over. They hung around in this game. They stayed. They they couldn't make anything. Um, and Frank Kaminsky was going nuts. He was going young Wilt Chamberlain. But uh, they when CJ McCollum hit his only three of the game with seven minutes and forty seven seconds in the in the fourth quarter, less than eight minutes to go in the game. Like the Blazers are down four. 93-89. They're in the game. It's still right there for the taking for him, but the Suns rip off a 10-3 run in response, take a 103-92 lead with five and a half minutes left, and the Blazers did not get did not get back with a chance to 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 really threaten in the final five minutes. They lose 119-109. Damon Lord 28 points on 12 of 23 shooting, added seven assists and seven rebounds. Uh for my money, Dame passed up some he wasn't shooting, you know, one of four from three, but passed up some threes. I think that's the four is more important than the one for me. Um if he's only going to take four threes, he's a very different basketball player. He needs to find that confidence in an outside shot if he's lost it. Like I said, for the Suns led by Frank Kaminsky had 31 points off the bench. His career high. <laughs> just a just bad news. They lost him in transition as a trailer. They uh, they switched a bunch down the stretch. We'll talk a lot about that a little more later in the show. Um, 
and he punished switches. Uh, he he cleaned up a couple offensive rebounds. Dude had 31 on 12 of 18, hit two of five threes, added seven boards, three assists, and blocked a shot in 32 minutes. On the Blazers' side, Norman Powell continues to be just a, a dude who scores 23 points. Uh, kind of a rough Nurk night, eight points, six boards, and, uh, and three assists, and only played 19 minutes because the Blazers looked better going small, and going small meant Larry Nance Jr. He, ha- he finished with 13-5, and five, his season high with the Blazers, or career high in a Blazer uniform, uh, three assists to go along with those 13 points and five rebounds. Every Simon's tough shooting night, two points on one of nine. CJ McCollum, 18 points on seven of 16 and one of seven from deep. That's your fastest recap in the West, and a run through the box score to boot. Okay. Man, man, the Blazers 0-6 um, on the road. They just, this was, um, again, this wasn't a case of like not being ready, right? Like they're they're in it in the first quarter and then they have a bad second quarter and then the shooting is is a real problem and they, they don't make up much ground in the third. And then they're down four with eight minutes left. This is not about, this isn't about being in someone else's arena. This isn't about starting slow. This isn't about momentum. This isn't about like the crowd not being into it. They're down four with eight minutes left and they lose a game. This is, this is a team that once was um, truly cardiac kids, uh, uh, comeback artists. um, And now they're a team that just doesn't seem to have the juice. And some of that is just the straight up bad shooting from their two best players. You know, if Damon CJ combined to go two of 11 from or two of 11 from three, you're going to lose a lot of games. And on, if they do that on nights where Ant is one for nine from the field, that's a lot of firepower. You're missing. It's a lot to ask of of Norman Powell. As long as you have to rely on someone who is under six foot four to carry the offense, which is what the Blazers are legally obligated to do. Um, You know, I don't think this was like a, 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 I thought the first half they were a little, um, I thought the, the bricks kind of got to them. And Roy Rogers mentioned this in the uh, Blazers assistant coach in the halftime interview that the, the, they were kind of hanging their head, their bo- their body language and their kind of energy was bad when they were, when they were shooting poorly in the second quarter. And I, I agree with that. I, I didn't, I didn't think this was an effort issue, but you could see that it's like you shoot a lot of bricks. You have to run back on defense a whole lot. Um, and running back on defense is one of the Blazers weaknesses is they, they don't match up in transition or semi transition. I mean, there, it's not all like fast break opportunities, but just like in the, the sort of switch switching sides of the floor, the Blazers, it's like a bad part of the Blazers defense is like matching up and communicating. And when you're missing a bunch of shots, you put yourselves in a lot of opportunities to, uh, to have to match up and communicate. And I thought in the second quarter they were bad, but again, right in it, right in it, right in it. And, and this was, this is, you know, we talked about it in last night's show uh, is the Blazers have one of the worst clutch offenses in the league. And like here they were back again and they needed the help. This wasn't a night where I thought Damian Lillard looked like he was on the struggle bus. Um, you know, I thought he, like I said, passed up some threes, but he, he was the Blazers best offensive player in this game. The best, their best player in this game for sure. Um, they could use Blazers could use a little more boost from Covington and, and CJ, but you, that mostly falls on CJ Covington's going to get in where he fits in. Um, he's going to have nights like this where he goes three or four from the floor and is quiet offensively. It's just, it's just kind of who he is. Um, you know, Nurk couldn't take it. Nurk couldn't take advantage of the JaVale McGee, Frank Kaminsky matchups. Um, it happens. I don't think the Kaminsky going off was a direct representation of Nurk having a bad game. Um, but the like, you know, this Devin Booker didn't have a really good night, and uh, Chris Paul didn't get going until late, and the Blazers still come away with an L. Um, I think this is just just frustrating and where they've been. Um, 
one thing that I thought, and I was going to mention this in the third segment, we'll just do it here and then we'll address it again, is that the Blazers went to the small lineup um, and they start, they've they started the fourth quarter the last two nights with a, with a smaller look that I like. I like the smaller look. Cody Zeller hasn't been very good the last two nights um, and, and uh, Tony Snell is getting some minutes that would normally go to Zeller. So the Blazers opened the fourth quarter each of the last two evenings with CJ Ant, Nas, Tony Snell, and Larry Nance Jr., um, your mileage may vary on whether Nas or Tony Snell is the four in that lineup, but two forwards in Larry Nance, um, regardless. And they cut into a 10 point lead and got them, you know, got, you know, got it within four. And then the starters come back the Calvary comes back and they, and for both sides and they couldn't, they couldn't cut into it at all. But I thought in general, um, the, they, when they go small, they want to switch. Um, because you're kind of like sized at a lot of those spots. And when they have Nance at center, the Blazers are comfortable switching one through five. The problem is that the Suns knew that and they started taking advantage of the switches um, and they would just hunt the mismatch and Kaminsky would punish people in the post or uh, Chris Paul would find his dance partner and hit a mid-range jumper. And I, I just didn't like, um, I didn't like the soft switching, like the just conceding to the switch. I'm okay with switching, like switching keeps guys in front. It keeps, um, it limits dribble penetration, a big thing the Blazers struggle with like it, it kind of checks some of the boxes where they have had issues but if you concede the switch and they know you're going to concede the switch they're just going to hunt it and find the matchup they want particularly against someone as smart as Chris Paul and I thought down the stretch that was a big problem in this game where in the Clippers game I thought the biggest problem was just straight up containing the ball keeping in in keeping guys out, out of the paint Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe getting two feet in the paint um, and the Blazers missed like a couple shots down the stretch this one was a tactical thing I did not like the switching um I didn't like the sort of soft switch. I didn't like the, the conceding to auto switch. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, it doesn't make sense specifically against someone like Chris Paul. It doesn't really make sense against Devin Booker. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's just, it makes, if, if it's an automatic it makes the read too easy for um, for a team that's a pretty good half-court offensive team in the Suns. Uh, according to Cleveland Glass, they're one of the top five half-court offenses in the league. Uh, it's, you just, you, you can't let them, you can't let them dictate it. And if you auto-switch, you kind of, um, they're dictating the means. So, um that was just like a tactical thing I didn't like. And I mean, some of it boils down to the Blazers shooting terribly. I mean, I, I, I there's more to it, right? But they go seven of 30 from three. That's 23%. Like, and I think the 30 is a big number there, quite frankly. Um, they, they should get up 43s a game because they have a bunch of shooters. And if Dame's going to pass up shots and they're not going to, um, they're not going to, you know, they, Dame's taken a lot of jumpers in this game. It wasn't like he was all rim. He took, he did a lot of damage taking clean mid range looks and look, he just needs to score. And he was good in this game, but, um, some of the difference and some and in sort of in these games that are kind of in the balance in the final eight minutes because most NBA games are close in the final you know in the final nine minutes of each contest is like um the I just they, they need to get up and make more threes like it's it's a make or miss league and it's that simple but you also just need to give yourself an opportunity to um to to be in a make or miss league and you need to take the shots that are worth more points um I thought um I thought the offense got away from that a little bit because of how aggressive Phoenix was on defense uh it made more sense for Dame to get inside the paint and kind of um do his damage either like curling around a screen and getting himself or just straight up cutting to the sort of open space in the middle there's a reason that they're allowing a cleaner catch at 22 than they are at 24 like it's um everyone is aware of the math in the second segment I want to talk a little bit about officiating. Damian Lord complained after the Clippers game that the officiating was unacceptable. 
And I want to dig into the numbers behind Dame's uh, foul shooting this year. He was 3 of 4 from the free throw line. He drew 3 fouls in the first quarter. That's pretty good for Damian Lillard this season. So let's talk a little about Dame and fouling and kind of just the NBA offenses and defenses and the rules on the whole in the second segment. But before we do that, let's talk about McDonald's. It's the, it's the place that has been serving your community proudly. Since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose. It's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, and the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you can always look forward to stopping at, stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. It's always been a classic road, road trip stop for me. It's been when I was on the road uh, with the Blazers when I cut when I traveled and, and went around to you know various various airports on commercial flights around the country. Uh, McDonald's saved me many a time in an airport early in the morning. It's a classic classic breakfast when you're on the go. So why don't you head into your local McDonald's right now to refuel? Fuel and reconnect. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. All right. So we talked about, we did the fastest recap in the West. Talked about the 119-109 loss to the Phoenix Suns. There's not a lot. There's not much more to say about that game. 0-6 on the road. They desperately need one Friday in Houston. Is a, is I don't know if it's a must win, but it's a damn sure better win. It's it's a should win. Um, it's a it's a strong should win. Uh, because if they lose, it's um, wherever you if you hadn't already hit the panic button that that they're five and seven, you got to go find wherever you keep the panic button. You got to smash it because the Rockets are not good. And if they lose, and if the Blazers drop to 0-7 on the road with a loss in Houston on Friday, um. Sound the alarms. <laughs> uh, but what I'll talk about here in the second segment is is a little bit about um, sort of the NBA rule changes and fouling and Dame. Dame brought it up. Um, I tend to Dame does this maybe like six times a year where he, he used to hold court in front of his locker. That's the kind of standard. But he would hold court and kind of just complain about the refs. And he would he would spend you know, three or four minutes complaining about calls, complaining about the refs. And it would do the six times a year um, in a very intentional way to say, listen, I'm not going to criticize anyone. I'm not going to talk about a specific play call, but I feel like I'm not getting calls. And at, at different times in his career, that's been true. I remember once saying like he complained and I looked it up and I'm like, you, you have one of the highest rates of, of uh, drives, drives, uh, foul shots per drive in the league. And then that kind of number actually dwindled compared to other high, high usage guys. So when he complained, you know, a couple of years later, it's like, well, Dave, maybe you have a point, but I don't think this is as much about Dame not getting a fair whistle. He's talking about sort of a holistic change in the way the game is being refereed. And certainly there have been rule changes this year. And I think there's been sort of a ripple effect of those rule changes. Number one is they're trying to curtail the three-point shooting, um, uh, drawing fouls on three-point shots on, on non-basketball moves. Something that Dame was pretty good at. If you crowded him coming around a three off a handoff, he would raise up quick. So you bumped into him. He was it was a skill and he's good at it. Um, you know, you might see James Harden do it and think like that it's some sort of crime that he should be locked away for thousands of years for an, you know an abomination and a, and a true truly illegal act against the the beautiful game. But like Dame Dame is good at it. He's good at hunting fouls. He was good at hunting fouls on threes. Um, he was one. One of the league leaders in in, in uh, last season in foul and foul shots drawn on three point attempts on on shots from that initiated from beyond the arc. He's he's like it's a real it was a skill in this game. But they've kind of um, you know they've legislated that out of the game and it's not um, 
and as I believe John Hollander of The Athletic wrote, like sometimes where the ripple effect is, is not that like um, uh, Dame can't can't get that call so he can't score. It's that the defender who's chasing Dame knows that he can't pull that move. So you don't, you just don't have one more little trick that they have to be worried about. So they can, they can sit on two, uh, they can sit on two of your other counters as opposed to being worried about that. And plus three other things you can do. Like it's just one thing for them to cross off the list. And if they can, if they don't have to be as worried about trailing you coming off handoffs, it just, it changes the looks you're going to get. So it's more for me. It's more about the ripple effect than like specifically Dame not getting those free throws. But in general, um, Dame is 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 down on free throw attempts this year. He is uh, he's shooting after he's shooting now exactly four attempts per game after he took um, he's after he took four tonight. He's averaging four attempts per game. Uh, he's but that's down from seven point two last season. Like that's that's a pretty big jump. Uh, that's you know that's like a nearly fifty percent. Right, like it's um, it's it's a pretty it's a serious reduction in in three point attempts. He's got a career low according to Clean Glass in shooting fouls and a near career low in drawing non shooting fouls. And I think it's the drawing non shooting fouls that Dame is most frustrated with. It's not. It's it's. It's two things. I don't think it's the three-point stuff. I think it's driving to the rim. He feels like he's getting hit on drives. And there and then I think that has been a, a common thing from guys around the league is saying like the 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 refs have overcorrected and they're when people drive to the rim, there's some obvious physical contact that in favor of like making the game flow and not rewarding guys for like driving into contact, they're just not calling fouls. Like that's not unique to Dame, but he's, he's someone who, um, you know, he's someone who would, who was good at getting to the free throw line last year. And part of it is attacking the rim like he does and getting to the stripe. And he hasn't been able to do that as successfully. So a, a career low in shooting fouls, even dating back to his rookie year, the, the percentage of shooting fouls, um, he's, he's drawing our, um, is is as low as it's been the 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 uh, rate of shooting fouls he's drawing according to cleaning the glass, but it's also a career low in non-shooting fouls, which would be like when he would he would get a guy to get a foul and they wouldn't give him a shot from the perimeter. It's it's also because um, just a general overall physicality um, of the game is more physical <laughs> and thus. Uh, like they're allowing more physicality and thus there are just less fouls called less fouls called means less time in the bonus less time in the bonus means less free throws so i'll say this i like dame called the refereeing unacceptable he he just said that it's it's outrageous and unacceptable and I, i'm i'm not going to go um I'm probably not going to go along with Dame that far, but I will say this, the game has changed the way they're refereeing it in the first uh 10 12 games of the season depending on how many games you've played first 12 games of the Blazers season, it has changed. And it, the onus is now on Dame to figure out that balance. In the first quarter tonight, he drew three fouls. Uh, he Last year, he was drawing six fouls a game. This year, slightly under four fouls total a game. Like, he, um, it's... 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 It's noticeable, right? Like that's that's a big difference because two less fouls is 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 less, you know, less, you know, five fouls to get in the bonus. Like that's a a twenty percent reduction over the course of a half. Uh, is is, you know, the difference in taking some free throws at the end of the quarter and not, and taking some free throws when you're an eighty eight percent free throw shooter is is some points. You know, like it's it's. Uh, <laughs> By the sort of basic math, like 3.7 points. Like he's just missing some, he's leaving some easy baskets um, out there for him. And uh, it's, it's, 
it is undeniable that has impacted his game. It's part of, he would get some easy baskets. Like he was, you know, he was among the sort of high volume uh, uh, free throw guys last year. He isn't the only one being impacted by this. Uh, you know, big free throw shooter, Joel Embiid, who averaged over 10 a game is down, uh, down below eight per game. Uh, uh, Brad Beal, who shot nearly eight a game last year, uh, kind of right, right along the same level as Dame. He's down to, to in the four range a game. Like it's, it's, or it's just over five a game. Like he's seen about two less free throws. It's happened across the league. Dame has perhaps, um, felt it more so than others. And I think some of that is sort of the lack of explosiveness is that some, you know, athleticism and, and being able to explode past people and draw that advantage gets, gets the foul. And I think some of that is health stuff, but like this is, this is not unique to him. It's happening all sort of all over all over the league and Dame is feeling the effects of it so the onus is on him to be smarter about it or the onus is on him to just straight up politic like he did in against the I did in Staples Center. Like, it's just a straight-up politic and call attention to it and talk to the refs and do what superstars do and get calls. Um, I think it can be both. Change up your game a little bit and then call, call attention to it. Uh, part of being a superstar is whining. That might be a bummer, but it's real. Um, and... Dame is capable of complaining to referees. You've seen him do it a bunch. Um, I I don't mean to say all this that like Dame is poisoned by being a foul hunter and and you know his game will never recover. I just recognize that one of his skills was being pretty good at drawing fouls. As the league has changed its rules and he's drawing fewer fouls, his whole offense has suffered, and so has the sort of Blazers collective offense because he was a source of easy points. Um, not every you know, not every star around the league is down. De- DeMar DeRozan, who's a big free throw guy and the pump fake master, still drawing, still getting to the free throw line. His free throws are up slightly this year. Um, it's, it isn't everybody. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo hasn't taken a big step back in free throws. You know, one of the league leaders in free throw shooting, la- free throw attempts last year, right there again. Some, some of that is because people want to foul Giannis because he's bad at shooting free throws. But like, my, my point is that I, I hear Dame, I hear you. And I think that maybe, yes, the, the the officials have kind of gone too far in not calling physicality. I thought there was only one tonight um, against the Suns where Dame got went to the basket and could have gotten a foul and didn't. I, it was on a pass from Nance, and, and uh, he got he kind of got bodied a little bit by Mikhail Bridges at the rim. They didn't call a foul. They let it go. Um, that was the only one against the Suns where I said, you know, maybe that's a foul in previous years, or maybe that's a foul with a different referee crew. Like that was the only questionable one for me. Um, there was another, there weren't any other that were like egregious or super, super tough tonight. So like the, it's changing, it's affecting everyone. The onus is on Dame and Dame might be right that the sort of like the officials have gone too far, but they've gone too far across the league. It's, it's like a universal problem. So, um, it's impacting him the way it's impacting Brad Beal, the way it's impacting Joel Embiid, with you know the way it's impacting Luka Doncic. It's you got to figure it out because um, you know no one's there is no one will attend the pity party for you. All right, let's close the show talking about getting bigger. The Blazers have a lot of dudes who are six foot three who are really good, but they've looked better when they have more sides on the court. The solution is there on the bench for them. Let's talk about some solutions for the Blazers to get a little bit bigger and look a little bit sharper with size. But before we do that, let's talk about betonline.ag. It's back and better than ever. New web interface for the start of basketball season. More props and odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is your number one spot for basketball. It's also your number one spot for pro and college football all season long. So go ahead and get in on the action. Head on over to that new website using your desktop, using your mobile phone, and sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. 
If you're a first-time user, use the promo code LOCKDOWN. 50% welcome bonus. 100 bucks becomes 150 bucks on betonline.ag. It's not just basketball and football. They've got NHL. They've got boxing. They've got soccer here in abroad. they got UFC. they got your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer. That's BetOnline, the, fast, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Lockdown Blazers. We did your fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose to the Suns. We talked about Damian Lillard's gripes against officiating. He might be right, but that's just, that's kind of how the cookie is currently crumbling. I have a solution, though, sort of uh, unrelated to Dame's foul problems, but related to the loss in Phoenix. The Blazers need to get bigger, and the solutions for them to get bigger, while they may end up being a trade, I think a trade has to happen at some points, um, whether, you know, whatever happens with the Blazers' front office situation that is certainly up in the air right now, um, they should clear that up so they can make some trades because they need to. But without, ahead of that, you know, the trade season's not really going to open up until December 15th anyways, so we're a month away from, like, the league actually getting into real transactions. So, in the meantime, the Blazers... They need to get a little bit bigger. And it's related to what I talked about in the first segment. Um, The Blazers want to play Larry Nance at the five and switch. Larry Nance's best minutes have come with him at the five and not at the four. He's just better as a center on offense. Um, Whether he's better as a center on defense kind of remains to be seen. But the Blazers, when they do play Nance at center... They, they like to switch everything because they like Nance's versatility. They like, to, you know, switching allows you to keep everything in front. It stops dribble penetration, something that their other defensive schemes, uh, when they're kind of showing to the ball and recovering, have been really bad at. Something that they don't do well in the zone, which is controlled, you know, dribble and, and pa- penetration off the dribble and benefit, penetration off the pass. So, like, switching, I, I get why they're leaning into that, right? And I get why they're doing it with Nance because then you have more sort of like-sized bodies on the court. But the Blazers closed the game with a three-guard lineup, and then when they switched stuff, they got punished. They got punished on switches, either because Nance was guarding Chris Paul, and it's just not a great matchup. It happens uh, when they brought Nurk back very briefly. Again, they switched, and it, that, that's not a great matchup. Or because the big, in this case, Kaminsky, kind of punished the switch. Um, you know, you don't—Frank Kaminsky's not always going to do that. He's not going to go for 31. He had an exceptional game. This was this was some of it was just bad luck by the Blazers. Some of it was bad bad scheme. You put a small guy on him, he's bigger than the small guy. Um, you give him confidence after he's punched the small guy a couple times, he's going to keep going to it. Um, and if you give Chris Paul enough matchups that he likes to exploit, he's just going to keep doing it. He's a Hall of Famer. It's what he does. He knows what you're going to do, and he beats you at it. But but the Blazers in general, they play too many lineups with three six-foot-three dudes on the court. The problem is their four best offensive players, Dame— CJ Norm and Anthony Simons are all six foot three gentlemen. They're going to have to play some minutes small. And the starting lineup has gotten better, um, quite frankly. It's been better. Um, it's kind of it, the defense still with that group is poor, but the offense is awesome and they're they're winning the minutes. Like they have a positive net rating. Um, you'd like them to be better on defense because, like, you know it when you see it. But in general, if that team outscores, uh, out, you know, they're outscoring uh, uh, opponents by about 10 points per 100 possessions. If that continues, you don't even you don't even gotta worry about it. Like just it doesn't don't don't get too caught up in what the defense looks like. It's it's the net rating when they're on the court. If that's good, you kind of gotta figure out the other minutes. Um again, it'd be better to be good on defense, but if you're not and you're still blitzing those teams with an elite offense, that's that's check number one, then move on to your sort of other ales. But the the Blazers' other lineups, and again, these are small sample sizes, limited games. We're we're still not at a point where there's such a big meaningful sample size. 
sizes, but so far to 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 date, the Blazers lineups that have had that have multiple wings that are bigger than six foot three have been their most effective. And I don't say this to sort of um, as like an indictment of the coaching staff or like, a, hey, the, we all knew this was haha. I told you so. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to give you the I told you so. I'm just trying to say, you know it when you see it. Like at the beginning of the fourth quarter against the Suns, when they played Nas and Larry Nance or, and Tony Snell up front, and that length allowed the Blazers to switch, allowed them to get out and run, it gave them shooting and size, it allowed them to sort of execute their plan a little bit better because having more big players, and, and Tony Snell is slow, but he's big and has, has a pretty active hands defensively, like it, it helps. But the Blazers' best lineup, sort of best high usage lineups, the teams that have played, let's, the cutoff, the arbitrary cutoff, um, the Blazers' five most used lineups or six most used line, lineups have played at least 15 minutes together, according to NBA.com. So let's just say teams that have played lineups that have played at least 15 minutes together, the ones that have the best net ratings typically include size at the three plus 19.4. That's what Dame plus the bench. Dame, Ant. Now, Nazir Little, Larry Nance, and Cody Zeller. That's a, a six foot five, six foot six. Nazir Little at the three with length, with length next to Cody Zeller, next to Larry Nance. That's a bigger lineup, plus nineteen point four. You add the that uh, group I told you about that finished the or that opened the fourth quarter against the Suns, opened the fourth quarter against the Clippers. That's CJ Ant, Nas, Tony, and Larry Nance. That's plus seventeen point nine again. Size on the wing. Nazir Little, Tony Snell, Larry Nance. Size on the wing. Would you believe it? Size on the wing. Um, you know, it's it's not all perfect. The Dame, Ant, Norm, Rocco, and Nurk, that group has been really good. Like I said, the starting lineup with Dame, CJ, and, um, and Norm has been okay. But like the Blazers' most successful lineups, the, 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 the teams that, the lineups that have showed you success, both like you can see it with your eye, the, the eyeball test and the numbers match up, have a common theme. And it's being a little bit bigger on the wing. I am not suggesting that Nas play a boatload of minutes, right? I'm just saying never play that damn four-guard lineup ever again unless something weird happens. And lean into having athletes. Like, it's okay if if you can't... Um, you know, if you can't get back and like CJ played 40 minutes tonight. It's okay if you don't get back to CJ and you leave Nas, Nas in a little bit longer. Um CJ's not going to like that, but if you drop him down from 35 or from 40 to 35, you can find more minutes to go bigger and like, you know, keep Snell in there next to Covington. If the, the long awaited lineup where we would get, uh, Nance and Rocco and Nurk on the court all at the same time. Um, it seems like Chauncey Billups does not want to play Larry Nance at that spot, um, or Rocco at that spot, whatever. But like you can, this isn't some. This isn't going to take a crazy lineup tweak. You know, um, this is CJ McCollum played too many minutes tonight, and the Blazers looked better when they had when they were longer. Now CJ was on the court with one of those long lineups, so um, it's again, it's like it's a push and pull here. And I don't think Norman Ant um, is a great guard pairing because it's just it's too much responsibility on Ant, and Norm is just gonna shoot it um, because that's what he does. Uh, way more that he's way, he's way more of a guy who's just gonna shoot it than CJ, despite maybe their reputations. So. I think it's ahead of the ahead of the inevitable trade that comes to balance out this roster by whoever might make that trade here in a month when when things when the dust settles on whatever's happening with the Blazers front office and the Blazers sort of power struggle internally and the Blazers 
investigation into a toxic workplace culture under Neil Olshay. Whatever, whenever that happens, and whoever is making those decisions, be it Neil or someone else, my guess would be someone else, is before that, you have solutions already there for you. You've got guys on the roster right now who you can go a little bit bigger with. And I'm not saying like dramatically bigger. I'm saying steal three minutes in the second quarter and three minutes late third, early fourth. And just be bigger and being bigger will help and it'll allow you to play this switching scheme that that they've run that they've kind of leaned on a little bit when their defense has struggled early in games because they're not the sort of show and recover defense is, is has holes in it. So, okay, what if we just switch everything? Will that help us? Well, yeah, it will. But if you go small when you switch everything and you're switching Dame and Norm and CJ onto bigger guys, up, you know, all up down the line, it's you're going to get punished. If you stay a little bit bigger, you can take you can take some advantage of it. It's not going to be perfect. Tony Snell is not going to fix it. But I think this is a reasonable solution for what you have right now. You were the roster you've been given, if you're the Billups and the coaching staff, is too small and imbalanced. Your job is to is to try to make the best out of it. Making the best out of it is being more creative about when you go big. And please, at some point, play Rocco, Nance, and Nurk together. Play that three-man pairing. Do it, please. We all want to see it. All right. Uh Friday show. Jason Quick is going to be on the show. Jason Quick of The Athletic will, will join me. We'll talk about these first couple games. Uh, we'll talk about the situation with Neil Olshay. Um, Jason is Jason is as plugged in as anyone on this team anywhere. So you will not want to miss that. Make sure you come back and listen to Friday's show. Um, it's it'll it'll be right here where wherever you find this podcast. So that's on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube. It's wherever you already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. We will be right there waiting for you. So come on back. Make this your first listen every day. Free every day of the week, five days a week, the only Daily Trailblazers podcast. Make it part of your daily routine and then tell your friends to do the same. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.